If I start throwing shade, I'll never stop. <laughs> Listen. No, be a no. start over now. I'm ready. Okay. Listen. Everybody has a different writing process. Caitlin's is wrong and mine is right, but really everybody's is fine. Great. So I'm Caitlin McFarland. <laughs> I'm Charlie Holmberg. This is your Mom Writes Books. It's a conversational writing podcast where Charlie just jumps in without any kind of preamble. This is where Caitlin gives you advice on writing and I peanut gallery her the whole time. Yeah, well, Charlie got us started right away this time. Yeah, so. not wasting time. No, not today. So, yeah, today we're we want to talk about personal writing process because ours are so different from each other. So we thought we could kind of share the spectrum. A lot of I think a lot of new writers are like, oh, why do I, why am I like this? Why do I write like this? Is this normal? And the answer is yes. There isn't a wrong way to write books as long as book happens. Yes, book doesn't happen. Maybe your process is wrong. Maybe I you're feel- wrong. I feel Maybe like you you're... should be an accountant. <laughs> I feel like you're already throwing shade on me, Charlie. <laughs> okay. Except for every time you go, maybe you should stay an accountant. Have you seen that? Those, you know how on those Instagram reels, there's that audio that's like, I'm an accountant. <laughs> like that job where no. it's like, people ask me what I do. I say I'm an accountant. Like, but usually people put it over video of them stripping or something. <laughs> Oh, no, I have not seen that. That's uh, funny. I'm going to find one for you. I'll send it to you. Okay, listen. Okay. okay, we have to get back to it. I don't even know. We had a tangent. I think we can keep most of that tangent. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all these ways to write, right? And we... <laughs> right, right. So we kind of talked about ours a little bit in our publishing journey episode, but... There's so many ways to do it, and mine has evolved over time. I'm sure yours has as well. Oh, for sure. So I used to, I've always been an outliner. So there's outliners and pantsers, right? Wait, hold on. First, I think we should say that, like, for people who aren't sure what we were even talking about, we're talking about how you accomplish novel. How do you... How you accomplish novel. Yes. How do you accomplish book? A lot of people have completely different ways of doing it. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. So Charlie's now going to tell us about how she's an outliner. <laughs> yeah, so there's outliners and pantsers. Like, those are generally, you know, the two groups people fall into where you either plan everything out in advance or you just sit down and discover what happens. So, right now, I am an outliner writing about a pantser. Nice. Because <laughs> Merritt in my novel is a, is a writer and he's a pantser. Um, Stephen King is a pantser. I don't understand pantsers, I think that they're insane. Oh, goodness. My goodness. What's her name? Gail Carson Levine is also a pantser who is wrote she? Ella Enchanted. Mm-hmm. I love that book. That was the first mm-hmm. book I ever read twice. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. There are I've... very few books that I've read twice. Yeah, I've read that book so many times. That was one of my formative, definitely one of my formative books. Same, same. I love that book. So if you haven't read Ella Enchanted, you should go yeah. read it. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm a big, big outliner. I used to just outline everything just on a Word doc and just scroll, 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 and it was really annoying. Now I am a storyboarder. I initially started with the Save the Cat storyboarding style, which is essentially a four-act structure, but now it's mostly, um, I just stick post-it notes on the wall until I feel good about myself. (laughs) Yeah, I wish you guys could see. I feel like you should take a picture of your wall, or if you guys ever want to see Charlie's storyboards, she posts pictures on, you post a picture on Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram. 
Yeah, so you can see Charlie's orange wall with all her multicolored post-it notes that it's I'm looking at. My basement's orange, not <laughs> of my own choosing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I choose the color, it's purple because I painted the other room purple. I like it. But I look, I look forward to your purple office also. Yeah, so I think storyboarding is really great. How do you storyboard, Charlie? What is your process? Let me tell you, if you want to see a really quick rundown of how I do it, I do have a video on my website, charlieandholmberg.com, where my hair looks atrocious, (laughs) but I'm too lazy to re-record it. But it's like, I don't know what I was doing at that point in time. Though that was also before I switched to a better hairdresser. Oh, now we're throwing shade on Charlie's hairdresser. Shade on my hairdresser. So really, it's, I mean, it's the same basic format, because generally all stories have a beginning (laughs) good job Um, a catalyst right where the plot like takes off and um a night of greater darkness or whatever it's called like all the bad stuff that happens before the climax and then you have a denouement so all of those still stay in there all the middle is mostly like hmm it'd be cool if they did this thing and i just stick it in the middle of the wall and then i make other things around it that make it fit (laughs) Very. Okay. So first of all, what she meant was the dark night of the soul. That's what she was trying to say when she said the night of greater darkness. I think that's Um, like half of a Dan Wells title. I think that's why I'm confused. It could be. Night of black. It's a Mary Shelley weird thing he wrote. Something blacker darkness. Okay. (laughs) I, yeah. So what Charlie does is, so I feel like we could describe it a little better. So what Charlie actually does is she has a bunch of different colored post-it notes. Oh yeah, that. And she writes the basic, what, like, she jots down a little note that's, like, what, kissing scene or, like, I mean, it's probably, it's more than that. It's, like, oh, first kiss or conversation about the thing. Or mind sex. That's, no, that's a post-it note I have on my door right now from an old epic fantasy I was plotting. And somebody, it's apparently at eye level because somebody wanted to see my office. And then they're walking out and they look at me and say, mind sex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you want to know what kind of books Charlie Holmberg writes? <laughs> Charlie and Holmberg. Clean but, fantasy um, author. <laughs> I am a clean fantasy author. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, no, so they are color coordinated depending on the book. If it's a multiple point of view book, it usually is color coordinated based on character. If it's a more simple plot line, it's usually color coordinated based on plot. So the main plot would be like yellow and the romantic subplot obviously would be pink. <laughs> because there's always a romantic subplot. Because yeah. what's the point if there isn't? Look, this these that's who we are. Deal with it. That's who we are. So, yeah, I also actually storyboard. I don't have a big old office wall. Well, I mean, yeah, no. So I just, I have a magnetic whiteboard. So I take a bunch of three by five note cards, cut them in half, write my little descriptions on them, and I have magnets that I stick on there. And then I like that because then I can also take my dry erase marker and like mark like midpoint or whatever. Um, yeah, Caitlin's much more rigid about it than I am. <laughs> You're a rule follower and I'm more laissez-faire, however you say that French word. Laissez-faire, laissez-faire. Look, ask your husband. He speaks I French. Know. My husband speaks French. Um, to a très poubelle. <laughs> great. That's what, that's what I always say to him. Not great. That's what means trash can. <laughs> trash can in French is a bell for your poo. It's a poo bell. So good. So you tell him you are very trash can? You are very trash can, yes. <laughs> Maybe that should be the catchphrase for this podcast. This podcast is very trash can. We're going to end all of them with a French phrase that no. is not grammatically correct. No. You love that as a linguist. No, I don't. 
So, okay. Oh my gosh. We're, we're... You chose to do this with me. We're, this is what you get. We're in the weeds. Okay. So, yeah. Let me say that I can't start with, with, um storyboarding i can't start with it i have to have a notebook first and a notebook is just where i pour all of my ideas and it's not until i have a ton of them and i can see the structure of a plot that i can start putting it on my wall i can't start at the wall i won't know what to do yeah i don't even know before i storyboard i just have it all in my head i think sometimes i'll open up a word document and start writing notes in the word document i think i do that i do a lot of well i'll go back and forth between like bullet point notes and free writing and so i will free write potential plots i think that's something i do first is that i will try to free write a really really super basic plot outline that i in no way expect myself to stick to so i do that and then because okay so this is something that's been useful for me before that charlie has actually helped me with there have been books where I've been stuck and I'm like, well, I have this whole middle area where I don't know what I want to happen. And totally goes, just write down what you want on the note cards and then stick them on the wall until they make sense and just move them around until it works. That's something that's been really helpful for me to do if I feel like if I'm going through my plot, because when you're free writing or when I'm free writing, it really is just like a few paragraphs. It's like, I don't know, 500 words or something of like a page of random ideas and how the plot could generally go and so then you start you start to say okay what scenes do I need and that's when you kind of get to your note cards because note cards really do represent scenes for me and so I realize as I'm doing my scenes that like oh I have a whole cluster of scenes say at the beginning and then a whole cluster of scenes in the middle And I have this big empty space between. And so storyboarding can really help you fill in that space. If you're kind of like, oh, I have this random idea of this thing I need to do. You write it down, stick it there. And, you know, you can refine it as you refine your other stuff. Yeah. My rule of thumb is when in doubt, make out. If you don't know what to do, make somebody make out with somebody. (laughs) Yes, that is much worked really well. That's how she wrote The Will in the Wilds. I'm very proud of that book. It has 12 kissing scenes in it. Yeah, that's my favorite book. Don't worry about it. So yeah, that's how we kind of, can, that we, so we are similar in that way where we both, we both get started. Something I wanted to talk about though is how different we are, I guess, in our day-to-day writing practices. So I'm a binge writer. I will go a long time without writing anything. I will go, I mean, I like to, I like to try and get something down at least once a week, but it's just like, Meh, it's like not that much effort. Your writing is like uh, intermittent fasting where yeah. you just eat all at once and then you just wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll do that. Yeah. I won't write for like maybe a, a few weeks or sometimes even like if it's really busy, like around the holidays, I won't write for a month or something. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, wait, I have this idea. And I will, I have written, I've, the longest I've written at a stretch, I think was when I was under deadline, but I wrote 22 hours at a stretch one time. I just sat down. Oh my God. Yeah, I when I say I'm a binge writer, I'm not freaking kidding. I didn't realize it was that long because that was for your third your third Dragonsworn book, right? Yes, yeah, because you wrote it in three weeks, didn't you? No, no, no. And you had to do your edits in three weeks. There was something three weeks about that book. When I sold the Dragonsworn books, I sold all three of them, but I had only written the first one, and they wanted to release them all within a year of each other. So I had to then sit down and write. I had to do big revisions on the first book. And then I had to write the entire second book and the entire third book. And I didn't have very long. That was definitely when I was in like crunch time for book three. 
Do you remember how many words you wrote in that 22-hour period? I think during that 22-hour period, I was revising. I don't know if I could draft for 22 hours. Well, it's probably a combination of writing new scenes and fixing old ones. So no, it's all just a dumpster fire in my mind. (laughs) Which is why also when people are like, oh, I loved this scene in your book and it's book two or book three, sometimes I'm like, oh, yes, I totally remember writing that scene. No, but like that happens to me all the time. Like literally a book I just released, people will be like, like, we'll quote something on Goodreads and, like, was that from my book? Like, I don't remember. I don't remember. And, like, books that recently came out, because once I'm done with a novel and I move on to the next one, like, my brain's just done with it. I have to remember, like, oh, yeah, marketing. You know, I should probably go do something. But I just move on. And I forget everything that happens in my books. I could go, like, reread Magic Bitter, Magic Sweet, and 90% of it would be new to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm so- I am know that that can disappoint readers sometimes because I think they expect us to be Bibles of knowledge about our own work, but... Oh, no. No. I started keeping a story Bible, I don't know, five or six books ago, and it's so helpful, but I didn't before... And so, like, if I, if and when I write the fifth Paper Magician book, I'm just going to get a bunch of readers to be like, can you just fact check this for me? Because I don't know my own world anymore. It's been too long. Because I didn't keep a story Bible for it. I have my notebook, but, like, any new stuff I had, like, I might mention, like, a fish shop or something in passing. That's something I would put in a story Bible, but I didn't do that for Paper Magician. And yeah. also, I can't read Paper Magician anymore because I'm like, wow, I love dialogue tags. So I just have to have somebody else do it for me. Yeah. Sorry, we were interrupted by my Alexa giving me notifications. I think I was going to bring us back to the topic, which was how different we are and that I'm a binge writer. Yes. We really we really honestly discovered this when we decided to co-write a novel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That which was is, really fun. Let me say, it's on sub right now when we're recording this in January 2021. It's on sub right now, and I think it's a very good book. Thank you. But it was so much fun to write. <laughs> It was really fun to write. So, like, let me let me point out mine since you did yours. So, Caitlin is, like I said, an intermittent intermittent faster with writing. I'm I am a binge a, writer. We just call I it binging. A, it's a faster word. Binging. I'm a binge binging. writer. Oh, but this is the other thing. Really quick, I'll say I'm a binge writer, but then I'm also a massive reviser. Yes. So, because these are the two these are the two ways we're different. I will revise until it's dead. Until it has no life. (laughs) Literal death. Yes, actual death of the book and the prose. Okay, and now Charlie's going to tell you why she's better than me. (laughs) Well, if you put it that way. (laughs) No, so I actually joke, but I'm half serious in that. So Caitlin published, traditionally published her second book. First book. No, you wrote Traveler first. No, I only halfway wrote Traveler. It was my first completed book. So her first and a half book. Mm -hmm. I published my ninth book finished novel not counting all the ones I didn't finish and I say that it took me so long because I had to learn to get it pretty close to right the first time (laughs) because like I will do revisions I do revisions on my book I do alpha readers and beta readers so my alpha readers are other writers who will point out big picture problems with my book my beta readers are reading friends of mine who will point out like small typos and stuff like that I will do those two revisions And if a book isn't good enough after those two revisions, I usually just move on because I only have so much bandwidth for a novel and it's really hard for me to go back to a novel like that. That's why the Gorgon romance never worked out because I had to completely redo two of the three characters in it and I didn't want to and I just didn't care about the book anymore. 
Um, whereas I'm doing Keeper of Enchanted Rooms right now, and I have to do extra revisions on that, but I care about that book, so it's it's possible. But yes, I revise, but I am not as horny for revisions as Caitlin is. <laughs> I'm super horny for revisions. Which is one of the reasons. But Caitlin, like, you pants a lot more than I do, too. Do I? Yeah, you kind of are, you're halfsies. Yeah, you're I am like halfsies. Per- you walk around your house with your pants half on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do, indeed. <laughs> But like I'm a like I've become a bigger and bigger outliner. In fact, for the last two novels I outlined, I actually had Caitlin review my outline instead of reviewing my first draft because I just want to make sure it's right the first time so I can do fewer revisions later. That said, I don't hate revisions, but I hate revisions after my first round of revisions. If I have to do big revisions twice, then I lose my cool. See, and I like revisions, and maybe this comes from, I don't know, because I'm also a, a sewist or whatever you want to, seamstress, whatever you want to call it. The sewist and, is the gender-neutral gender term. Correct, yes. <laughs> and one of my favorite things, so I make a lot of dice bags because that's what I do for money, but one of my favorite things that I do every year is make my kids Halloween costumes. And I really love, like, throwing together the main structure of the, the piece, whether it be a book or a costume, is fine. And it's the big work, right? Like it's the heavy lifting. But that little detail work is just to me what makes it like mm, chef's kiss. And so I love detail work. And so when I go in, when I know that the main structure of a book is is good and solid, but I can go in and be like, really just deftly manipulate character interactions or emotions or foreshadowing, like that little fine detail work is something that I really love. So that's just a personality yeah. trait of mine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah, why so I like Caitlin, Caitlin and I, in 2016, yes. decided we would write a book together. <laughs> and this is the only time I have ever co-written. And the only reason it works is because I like Caitlin. Yes. <laughs> but um, so I honestly think one of the biggest hiccups we had, we like a lot of the same things. I Caitlin will disagree with me. I think our, our prose is similar enough that it's not like super obvious that there's two different people writing a book i think we're compatible we're compatible that's a good way to put it yeah but caitlin like she'll just binge write a bunch of stuff and then not for a while whereas i am like a slow release tablet where i write every single day every single morning at nine o'clock like clockwork every weekday sometimes on saturdays if i'm really into what i'm doing and so I'm ready to go, but I have to wait for the next binge moment, and then I lose my mind because I don't like waiting. I am, like, one of the most impatient people. In case you're wondering, I'm a type A personality. Yes, she is. <laughs> and so it would we'd, I would, like, just write ahead of her and be like, hey, you have to catch up with me. But of course, if you do that, it's like, um, we have to do this. I'm like, oh, now I have to revise. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is one of my favorite moments where I felt like I was winning at life was when I went to Charlie we were writing this book it's called On Dire Wings and I went to Charlie and I said Charlie we have to trash the first 20,000 words of this novel <laughs> and I got yeah. her to and I was like here are the reasons we need to do this we need to do this and we need to start here it was like here. an intervention like let me use calming psychiatrist words on you and she's like just listen I was like no and she's like just listen and she laid out everything like very calmly, like I'm on the ledge of a building about to jump off. She was. But so, but we did it. We did redo the beginning. She had good points. I'm not a psycho. I can recognize good points. But I made her promise, like, listen, 
I will stop where we are because I just, when I draft a book, I draft all the way to the beginning. I don't reread anything. People are lucky if I spell check it and then I just send it to my alpha readers. I don't <laughs> reread it. I just want it done. Mm. So I said, I will stop. I will not plow forward to the end and go back and revise this. But this is the only revision you get. <laughs> the only <laughs> big, the large scale over. revision. Yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. Because it was a big, large scale, scale revision. Like, I will do this, but that's it. And then we go to the end. And she agreed. And that's called compromise. <laughs> yes. Which is why, which is why it worked. Even though I think that there were definitely times because our processes are so different that both of us were like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like in the end, is the book better for it? Honestly, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Because we revised because of me and it's finished because of you. <laughs> and I would <laughs> say really like, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. I, I would, it was really funny because Charlie's talking about how she had to wait for me, but there, so I would write my scene because we were writing back and forth. I would write my scene and I'd be like, it's done. And then I would dread Charlie's email, which inevitably came a couple of hours later because she already had half drafted the scene next. And she was like, it's your turn again. And I was like, no. Well, it's easy for this book. It's easy to go on without you because our characters were separated for like, I don't know, 65% of the book. Yes, we were writing... This book has four point of view characters. I was writing two of the point of view characters and Charlie was writing two of the point of view characters. And so, I don't know, I guess without revealing too much, they went off on their own journeys, sort of, that each of our characters together. So we were not having to, oh my gosh, consult, I guess, too much Mm -hmm. with each other for that middle big huge part of the book where they were, our characters were kind of doing their own things and then they came together at the end again. Yeah, like they, well, they came together like three times in the book. The very beginning, yes. the end, and then the part of the middle. And we would just have to, we'd get on the phone and just like outline. Yes. Like, okay, my if my character says this, how would your character respond? And we would have to do stuff like that. Yeah, which I will say we got really good at that because why? Because we played Dungeons and Dragons we play together. Dungeons and Dragons. We're good at, we figured out how to do some nice, fun character role play back and forth at that time (laughs) actually and that's funny because like talking about your writing process because Dungeons and Dragons has kind of become your writing process oh yeah I have gone through I mean you might be able to tell as I haven't actively published a full novel since 2015 I've got a I've got a couple of short stories but I kind of burned out because writing three books in a year is not for me and I so I burned out really hard after that and also personal stuff and so I kind of lost the spark, I guess. And for a while, I wasn't even sure if I liked writing anymore. And I think we'll do an episode on this. Yeah. We decided that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do So we'll talk more about that We've in the future. We've both lost sparks. Yes. Spark loss happens. Yes, it does. It happens to professionals. It happens to everybody. But uh, I am super into playing Dungeons & Dragons. I have an awesome group who is very into... The characters, because you can play it a few different ways, you know, you can be into the crunchy stuff, but we're very into the character interactions. And I have to say, these people, I don't know if they know the extent to which they may have saved my writing career, (laughs) because I feel very inspired by them. And it's a fun time. And it's also a stress relief. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's gotten you really into swords and sorcery type stuff, too. 
Yeah, that's what I'm, my current project, my current solo project is a, a very angsty swords and sorcery kind of dark fantasy romance that I'm really yes. excited about. So. Romance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so, so yeah. What else about process? So, but we, but yeah, Charlie and I ended up being able to work together. I also think, and maybe we'll do a whole episode about co-writing, but as far as if you ever have to combine your process with somebody else goes, because ours are so different, what got us through was, I think, putting the friendship above the writing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys ever decide to co-write, like, very thoroughly investigate your co-writer. Because, like, honestly, like, if this was somebody that, I, if I was co-writing with somebody I didn't know very well or I didn't care about, <laughs> uh, we would not be friends. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. But me and Caitlin were just bosom buddies. So that's, it worked out. That's right. So, and that's an agreement that I think that we just flat out said before we even started. Yeah. Because, well, and because we came up with the idea for On Dire Wings in 2016, but we didn't actually write it until, what, 2000? We finished it last year. 20, yeah. Yeah, 2020. last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and we, I think we worked on it. There were a a few times we worked on it, but Charlie is so prolific and has other jobs that she's actually under contract for, so she would have to stop and go do another Mm -hmm. book, and I would just be like, all right, la, la, la. (laughs) I guess I'm not writing right now. (laughs) But yeah, I, I think even if you have really disparate writing processes you can combine them because we do some other interesting processes i know some of our friends have there we have one friend who you're gonna talk about the id list aren't you no you should talk about the id list okay i was gonna talk about how or no aaron we have a friend named aaron who writes with her eyes closed even maybe i shouldn't say who it is because i could be wrong but we do have a friend who when she writes she doesn't stop and fix anything she won't go back she doesn't like include punctuation Ah. or like fix her typos which i cannot do that i can't i literally i can't write like that it would make me miserable i would be so angry (laughs) just different brains yeah so really i mean Whatever your process is, this I guess mostly this episode is to say like whether you are a perfectionist who is slow and a reviser like me, or you're you're a machine, <laughs> you're a book machine like Charlie who writes awesome books because you just can every day. It's legitimate. You're valid. You're valid. Yeah. So the id list. Um, Trisha Levenseller, who's mm-hmm. a friend of ours, she writes via the id list, and I love this idea she just writes down things that she likes and then smushes them together <laughs> at least this is what she did for shadows between us where she what, what what were on her what was on her id list it was bad boys was one. Oh, i don't know and if she ever actually told me what was on the list it was on her on her release party she talked about it it was oh. bad boys and like obviously making out because she believes in romance as well yeah we like trisha and, all these things and honestly so i don't know if she does it for every book i know she did that for shadows between us and in mm-hmm. my opinion that is her best book but it's just like what is just do you carnally want in a novel and you yes. just write a list and you just make all of them happen and i think it's fantastic yes you should carnally desire your own novel for Carnal- sure yes you should carnally desire your own novel um and then Kristen, i can't remember what she publishes under dawson pen name does this and a lot of authors do there's the snowflake method so you should correct me because i'm sure i will get this wrong so snowflake method is essentially the idea that you have a snowball and it as it rolls it collects snow so they basically skeleton draft a book which is like a really thorough outline you're basically just like saying what happens through the whole thing just telling the whole way right and you yeah. go back through and add and then you go back through and add and you add until it's all fleshed out and you have a book 
Yeah, and I've heard the extreme of the snowflake method is that you literally start with one sentence. And the sentence is the kind of like the thesis of the book or whatever. Like, he finds the hidden sword and kills the king. And uh, <laughs> it's not, yeah, I mean, that that's like the most extreme. Because And then what you do is you kind of, yeah, you literally take that one sentence and you start expanding it and expanding it and expa- expanding it until you have what is basically an outline. And then you take your outline and you expand it and expand it and expand it until it's scenes. Um, Interesting, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the snowflake method. That makes my brain hurt. Yeah, it's not for me. I think I do, I can, I do skeleton draft because sometimes it's hard to remember everything you need to include when you're writing a novel, like setting and blocking and emotion and internal whatever is happening to the character and then getting your dialogue right. And that's something that I guess, all you see when you read a book is the completed draft. You don't see the 15 drafts that went into a scene before you started. And that can be useful too, I guess, when you are writing, if you just make even a list of drafts that you need to do. And the first one is your skeleton draft. It's just a basic what happens and really basic what's said. And then you do an emotion draft where you put in emotional reactions in the appropriate places and then setting a setting draft. Sometimes I have to do that. That's something I have to do sometimes. So I'm, I don't know if that I don't know if that's a snowflake method. I just I think of it almost more as like an oil painting because in oil paintings you have to layer the paint over mm. itself, and so I think of it as painting in layers. Mine's like um, a roll brush when you're just painting a wall. Like put it all on. Here's a second coat. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> that's process. Yeah. So we've kind of jumped around, but. Yeah, we talked about storyboarding and we talked about how different authors tend to write. Would you say this episode is hard to process? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I quit this podcast. That's the ending line right there. (laughs) (laughs) You want that to be the whole episode? Wait, we have to know that. We we have to conclude. We have to have a conclusion. What do we conclude? We should end every episode with a pun! No! Yes, I'm doing it. No. I mean, there's so much more. I always feel like there's so much more to say, you know, than we than we can cover in any one conversation, but... Unfortunately, there are books on it, and libraries exist. Yeah. So if you're unhappy with this, go check out your library. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have any questions, you can email us at yourmomwritesbooks at gmail.com. Maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. It won't guarantee, but maybe we will. Yeah, your your process is valid. I, that was kind of what I wanted to, I guess, get across to people in this episode is that kind of no matter how you write, whether you're a binge writer or a, a workhorse writer who writes every day or snowflaker, a snowflaker or a plotter or a pantser or For- whatever you do, if you are writing, however you accomplish novel, you win. Okay, I'm Kayla McFarland. Uh, you can find me... On Instagram, at Words and Geekery. I have a website, CaitlinMcFarland.com. Where else am I, Charlie? Oh, I'm on Facebook. Caitlin McFarland Author is my Facebook author page. Yes. I am Charlie N. Holmberg. You can find me at CharlieNHolmberg.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and especially Instagram at CN Holmberg. I said that very forcefully. I liked it. Uh, thanks for listening. Give us a rating, subscribe, review or read our books. Thanks.